Hello and welcome back to the Go For Two podcast. This is episode 18. I'm your host, Liam Horsley. And after a bit of a break, we are back. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Patrick. Patrick, how are you doing, buddy? Yeah, good. Good to be back. Yeah, I know. We're just talking off air, weren't we? It's a bit of a quiet time at the moment in the NFL. So we took a couple of weeks off, but we're back and raring to go with some uh, some good content, we hope. Yeah, absolutely. Look forward to it. How's the uh, NFL memorabilia business treating you is it a quiet time in that world as well or things start no, to pick no. up it's still it's still pretty good this is i'd probably say that overall that june is usually the quietest month but no it's still all still sticking around yeah and we'll talk about it in a bit but there's some uh, jersey number changes as well that are going on throughout the nfl and i imagine that might uh, help pick up the business i did notice that nfl uk are already uh, trying to ship off new jerseys with people's uh, new numbers on already they're marketing that quite heavily so wouldn't surprise me if uh, fans started buying all the new stuff. But uh, plan for today's poll, we're going to go through a little bit of news uh, across the NFL. There's not loads, to be honest, but we've got a few uh, few bits. One huge topic that I'm sure everyone knows what that'll be. Uh, and then starting from next week, we're going to get into our division preview. So we're going to preview every single division, one episode per division, probably 40, 45 minutes-ish per episode. And just get into depth on all four teams and predict where we think they're going to finish and, and strengths and weaknesses and stuff like that. So that, that should be good. But let's kick it off with the, the huge news then, mate. Uh, Julio Jones, someone that I'm not sure if we were 100% sure would get traded. I know we were talking about it on our group chat for a little bit, but uh, we weren't quite sure. But he did go to the Titans in the end. Uh, the Titans acquired Julio Jones and a 2023 sixth-round pick, and the Falcons get a 2022 second-round pick and a 2023 fourth-round pick. So they didn't get a first pick uh, that they wanted. Before we talk about each team, what are your just overall thoughts on the trade? Yeah, when it came through, I was not, I mean, I was surprised because you always kind of surprised when you see such a big, like, franchise yeah. cornerstone move, aren't you? Yeah. But yeah, no, I liked it. I liked it for the Titans. I think that gives them a little shot in the arm, to be honest. I put a little tweet out straight after thinking, at the Titans Super Bowl bound, and I got quite scoffed. So <laughs> it's quite interesting. I have kind of the opposite thoughts, not just because Julio Jones is still in his prime or anything. Just, just think that's a great addition for what they gave up. Yeah, it is a good addition. Yeah, uh, I think the overall trade. I agree. We kind of, I think, time we last recorded, we we weren't thinking it was definitely going to happen, but. As the weeks have gone on, it was becoming more clear, wasn't it? It was actually Julio Jones that wanted the trade to happen. Uh, and I don't know if you saw it. I'm sure you did. But he went on that show, didn't he, with um, Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. Shannon Sharp called him, never told him he was on air. I don't know if you saw that. And then uh, he kind of said he wanted out of Atlanta. That, that was crazy. I did see that. That was absolutely tragic, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, I think Julio even said in his press conference in Tennessee, he said, that wasn't staged. I did not have a clue that I was live on air, which is just awful to do that to someone. But he basically announced on air that he's out and he was leaving. I think from then, everybody knew it was going to happen. The rumours kind of were Baltimore, Tennessee, the Patriots, a couple more teams like the Packers and Chiefs, but they were never really in it. Um, but yeah, he went to Tennessee in the end. So let's talk about it from a Tennessee point of view. Obviously, they only give up two picks that are not not great picks, to be honest. I know second rounder is, is okay, but you don't know where that's going to fall. It could be pick, what, 55 for all you know. Um how much of a good trade is this for Tennessee? Because their secondary wide receiver was Josh Reynolds before this trade. And for me, I don't think that was enough for them to have a good offense. No, no, definitely not. I think this improves them quite a lot. I mean, just running over the depth chart now, it, it, 
it is they are looking good. I mean, they're already quite a potent offense, aren't they? But this probably now kind of they would maybe be hoping to it's going to open the lanes more for Henry because I know in the playoffs. I mean, the deck just gets, the box is just stacked <laughs> yeah, on Henry, isn't it? And yeah. if, you, if you've got a Julio Jones, then opposite AJ Brown, you hope, what Tennessee are going to be hoping for is that Jones still has those skills to get, well, not just open, but grab the contested catches that he's so good at that's going to take men out of the box, isn't it, for Henry? Yeah, and I think one thing as well, Ryan Tannehill is not scared to throw. I'm not saying Matt Ryan is scared, but... Tannehill doesn't mind throwing those kind of high-faded balls uh, in the end zone. And if, if they don't work out, it's not an issue. Whereas I think the Falcons sometimes overcomplicate it in the red zone. Whereas I think we've seen A.J. Brown get so many catches and Corey Davis in the end zone just aimed because they're bigger than the uh, corner. And Julio Jones is one of the biggest receivers to ever play. So I think that hopefully his red zone projection, projection goes up because the last few years, his numbers in the red zone have been terrible, haven't they? Like He gets 1,200-yard seasons and then he has like three touchdowns. It's been a very strange sort of correlation, but I think in Tennessee, they'll, they'll use him a bit more. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he only played nine games as well, didn't he, last year? So if he's healthy this year to play the full slate, I think, yeah, I really like Tennessee, to be honest. I like the what they've done the last couple of years. Then you have to kind of then flip that to say that the offense could be, I don't know, if you can get a top top 10 offense, but then how much can the defense give you? Obviously, they've yeah. got Dupree now, haven't they? They've got Caleb Farley in the first round. Janoris Jenkins as well, didn't they, from the Saints, yeah, I think. Jenkins. They're quite good at safety, aren't they? They've got um, Bayard's a good safety, and then they've got Amani Hooker as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like the Titans, actually, when everyone... Everyone scoffed at me on that tweet, but I think they're, uh, they're going to be in there. I might go back on Twitter now and just hurl some more abuse at you on that, that tweet. That's <laughs> fun of it. But, now, I think before this trade, I was the Titans are one of the teams I was thinking would have a down season um, because I think their defence has got worse slightly, or it's got younger, which is good for the long term, but we know corners struggle, don't they, sometime in, in year one. Yeah. Uh, because they did draft another corner as well. I forgot his name now. He's like a safety corner type. Um and I, I did think that could be a bit of a worry if their defence goes down and then they let Corey Davis walk and they let their O-line, obviously cut two of their O-line. And I was kind of thinking, well, your defence is not much better and your offence is definitely worse because you're relying on Josh Reynolds to go from a number four receiver to a number two receiver. So I was a bit worried that they could take that kind of, you know, there's always four or five teams out there that fall out of the playoffs pretty much. Yeah, yearly. absolutely. Yeah. But I think this trade and the Caleb Farley pick, I know it's risky, but we spoke about it before. We love both love Farley, and if he stays healthy, we think he's going to be good. But you never know what that health's going to do. And I think the Farley and the Jones additions for me have kind of really given them another lease of life, and they're clear favourites in the division, I think, now for me. Because I think the Colts, they need Julio Jones more than almost just as much as the Titans, and, and they haven't got him. So I think that the Titans may be favourite now to win the division. Yeah, I agree with you. Elijah Molden was the yeah, guy. Yeah, that was it, yeah. Safety um, corner, like, hybrid, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, no, I agree with you about the Colts, actually. it's hmm. Yeah, you, you just don't know whether they tried to move on it or they just didn't want to part with a two and a four, do you? So it's... Yeah, it was them... Yes, he's, he's 32, he's 32 years old, isn't he, Julio, so... Yeah, he is, and they've had to restructure... Um, Tannehill's contract just to fit Julio Jones in so it basically means Tannehill's going to be can't be cut either for the next I think two full seasons now or maybe three 
Uh, Julio Jones basically can't be cut for the next two seasons either due to his, his kind of salary. There's rumours he's going to want a new deal as well. So it does seem like this is going to be a, a two-year project, basically, with this offence, because um, Henry can be cut as well after two years. AJ Brown needs to be paid next year. So it seems like they're just going all in on this offence for two years. And let's just talk about them as a whole. Is this the scariest group of players in terms of physical size? Because you've got Derek Henry, AJ Brown and Julio Jones. I think they're arguably the two biggest receivers out of the good, out of the best receivers, maybe apart from Hopkins. What are people going to think when they line up against them? Because they're just absolutely huge. <laughs> yeah, they are, aren't they? So Taylor Luan as well, left tackle. Yeah, and they've got Ferkser as well, tight end now. He's not the best, but he's a physical specimen as well. So their whole offense is huge. It's, I wouldn't shock. They're going to run the ball well, I think, still. But I think overall they could uh, be a force in the red zone with all that size and, and, and kind of athleticism, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. They are a team that I like anyway, so I'm looking forward to see how they can mould on. Just having a little look now. At the, they've got the opening three games. Wow, it's pretty tough. Cardinals, Seahawks, Colts. Time to overreact after those three games, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, last question on the Titans then. Uh, are you worried at all? It's funny, actually, the team they did the trade with, the Falcons obviously got the uh, the OC. Are you really are you worried about Arthur Smith moving on? Because their offense has been amazing since he came in. Is there any worry that, I guess, even though they've got the weapons, they might not use them correctly? Because I believe their new OC is the ex-Raiders slash Broncos OC who, as a Kansas City fan, they never had a good offence in the years he was there. But do you think that they could kind of carry on and run with it? Or do you think we're going to see a bit of a different team and it might take a while for them to get used to playing together? Yeah, that could be true. Though. Is it Todd Downing is the new offensive coordinator, isn't he? No, yeah. Obviously, there's always that that risk, isn't there? But, you know, the mini camps and the camps, they're, they're so long, aren't they? Before the season comes together, you'd hope that... I mean, it's going to take a while, isn't it, to probably net Julio in there and by mid-season you would hope that they would be firing on all cylinders. Yeah and there is also a chance they run the ball slightly less which I think is good for them because I think they overrun sometimes and they can have so many first down runs that just get one yard uh, trying to hope Henry cracks one out for 40-50 for so I think that if they throw it a little bit more with those two weapons it can open it up more for Henry later on in games so Hopefully they'll think about that, but it's going to be interesting. I think the first five, six games of the season, we'll see how good they they are on offense. But yeah, definitely, definitely favorites in the division. Um, moving on then, so Arthur Smith, funny enough that this trade was done <laughs> to his new team, uh, head coach of the Falcons. Their second wide, best wide receiver now is Russell Gage, um, which is just not great. Uh, what are your thoughts on the whole trade from a Falcons point of view? Because it, it kind of confuses me. I'm not sure it was the the best decision for them as a franchise. No, I know what you mean because, I mean, what what stage just are they at in their franchise? I mean, I think the only thing I would say is if Julio was any younger, I would say it was a bad deal. But, he, you know, he's 32 years old. I can see, obviously, he only played nine games last season, so he's missing some time. So I can see why they did it. But, yeah, you have to look back at um, Bill O'Brien's trade for... Hopkins only netting a second round pick <laughs> and that is it's not great now is it when you trade in kind of an older franchise wide receiver yeah even the um Stefan Diggs trade I know they got first but that even that trade looks slightly poor when you look at some of the what these receivers are doing on their new teams yeah it really does yeah and how important a wide receiver can be to your offense it's just 
Yeah, Bill O'Brien's got a lot to answer to there, hasn't he? <laughs> Office, because, I mean, yeah. a, two, a two and a four, if Julio's not, you know, out of this world for Tennessee, it looks quite good, doesn't it? But it does weaken Atlanta a lot. And you have to ask at what stage now yeah. they are. Yeah, because... So, so if anyone doesn't know it, it was pretty much Julio Jones that asked for a trade, but it did seem that the Falcons were already going down this line because they couldn't even afford to sign their rookies until they made the trade um, because they just didn't have enough cap space. But And that was after restructuring Ryan. But I just wonder what, what, what was the point of keeping Ryan and drafting Pitts, really? I think, like you said, what stage they're at as a team is so confusing. Because for me, if this is a rebuild, which I don't want to say it's a full rebuild, but if your second best receiver is Gage, I don't think it matters how good Kyle Pitts is. I think you're still going to struggle on offense to a point at times. Um, and I just, I have no, like you said, I don't know what stage they're at. I think they should have either rebuilt or just gone all in and tried to keep Jones. Um, or they should have tried to trade Matt Ryan before they restructured his deal because they did the restructure after the 49ers traded back down. So I do wonder maybe if they were trying to trade that fourth pick. And then as soon as the 49ers got the third pick, they got to a point where they were like, okay, we're probably not going to be able to move it now. So let's restructure uh, Matt Ryan. We're not going to be able to draft Justin Fields or whoever they wanted at three. And we're going to keep Matt Ryan. And then obviously they've done that. And then the draft's fallen how it is anyway. Do you think that they they were kind of always going to try and win now and Jones just for a spanner in the the works? Or or do you think that they just made the wrong decision here and they should have got rid of Ryan first? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to those kind of you know franchise players that time in their career i mean he's 32 isn't he i know they've been to one super bowl that they should have won but he wants to win doesn't he yeah jones so it's like i don't know it seems naive to just think that no one's going to rock the boat and surely there was whispers internally that julio might not be happy so that fourth pick now I mean, obviously, we all know that Pitts looks amazing and he could very well become like a Hall of Fame player, but, you know, he's still a tight end and it was still the fourth pick and Matt Ryan could be finished at any time. Not everyone's going to carry on until the mid-40s like Brady, are they? No, no, definitely not. Yeah, it's a real tricky one there because obviously then behind Matt Ryan is absolutely nothing. So, yeah, I was going to say, looking back now, so they got they took Pitts with the fourth pick, but now we know they've traded Julio Jones, um, which I, I think everybody knows they're going to be worse, or most people think they're going to be worse than what they were going to be with Julio Jones. Does that change what you would have done if you were them with the fourth pick? Would you have took a receiver to replace him, or would you have just taken a quarterback and kind of started the rebuild? What are your thoughts on, on looking back now at that fourth pick? Well, I'd have liked to have known what someone wants to give me for the fourth pick first, and maybe... Yeah kind of remaining around that top 10 area. Because obviously the Bears, I mean, didn't move up that far, did they? Really, no. you got Justin Fields. So I would have been curious to see what I could get for that pick. But if you're playing the game where you can't trade a pick, I don't think I'd pick a tight end if I'm going to lose my franchise wide receiver and I've got a very old franchise quarterback. So... Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, on and then as a team, then does this move? I know, obviously, we're confused by the the whole franchise, the way they're going. But from a roster point of view, does this move weaken them enough now, where you're thinking, all right, this is a five-six win team max, or do you still think they could try and get to to nine wins with 
with Pitts and Ridley. What what are your thoughts on them for the whole season? The thing season? is, they won four games last season, didn't they? Are they yeah. going to be substantially that they can substantially better that? I'm not sure in that division. The Panthers are going to be looking to be better in rule second season. Obviously, Saints, the Saints. Saints, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tricky on the Saints on offense, isn't it? Because we're going to get a Jameis or a mix of him and Taysom Hill. And then obviously, the Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. So they're going to be up there with 12, 12, 13 wins, aren't they? So I don't know, man. It's like you got four wins last season. You've just traded Julio Jones. And then you've got Kyle Pitts and. Added a little bit on defense in the draft, but I don't know. I can't see more than six, seven wins. So no, what are you trying to accomplish? It's then you're in purgatory in the draft, aren't you? Then because you're picking at thirteen yeah, exactly, yeah. or fourteen, so you're not going to get a QB there unless you fra- and do like trade all your future picks. So it's difficult. Yeah, they're in a very difficult position. I, I, I personally can't see them winning eight more than. Like you said, seven games is an absolute maximum to me now. Even if Pitts is absolutely sensational, their defence is still bad, you know? Um, and their O-line is not incredible to protect someone of, of Ryan's age. So even if Pitts is absolutely incredible and he's just as good as Travis Kelsey in year one, I still think their defence is bad enough that they'll struggle to win games in their division at least. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. Okay, cool. So we're definitely both saying huge wins then for the Titans. Um Looking forward to watching them play even more. Obviously, I still can't wait to see Kyle Pitts play. I think it's going to be cool to see him play for the Falcons. But I just think that, as a franchise, that since that they've lost that Super Bowl, it just seems to be bad decision after uh, after bad decision. And maybe this one is another one. Last thing on the Julio Jones then. Uh, he didn't want number 11 from AJ Brown, jersey number. He let, let AJ Brown keep that. So he's going to wear number two. What are your thoughts on Julio Jones wearing a number two jersey for the Titans? And have you sold any Julio Jones number two items yet? You know what? I've I've not yet. I don't have a massive Titans fan base, but I have sold quite a lot of Derrick Henry stuff in the past. But oh, do you know what? I think I've had this discussion with you before that I absolutely love like the single digits and stuff when <laughs> yeah. when people are played in college. But I hate Julio <laughs> Jones's New Jersey. I don't it looks like, weird, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't like. Um, I'm not in love with the Titans uh, numbering font. No. So it just kind of looks odd on its own number two. I don't know. That's not just befitting of a player of his skill level. Yeah, and he's wearing it, isn't he? Obviously, because one and one being 11, it, one plus one is two. So I understand the thought process. But yeah, it doesn't look great. There were a lot of rumours he might wear number eight. Uh, when the first trade happened, all the jerseys he was kind of mocked up in after the mm. trade were, were all number eight. And I was yeah, like, oh. Yeah, that, look, that looks a better, just aesthetically looks yeah. better. And I always thought it was quite funny as well because Pitts to wear eight for the Falcons and then Julio Jones wears eight for the Titans. It's kind of just a funny like full circle. But then when he announced he's going to wear number two, I was like, mm. I, I, I think it's cool to see Julio Jones in a new jersey. Like I, I just enjoy that in sport in general because we've never seen it before. But when I saw the number two, I was like, yeah, that's a bit underwhelming for me, unfortunately. There's not that many great players in the past who have worn a number two jersey in the NFL who have made it look iconic. No, you know Matt Ryan's probably the best ever at number two. Can't really uh, think of anything. 
Oh, yeah, maybe it's um, like a homage to him on his way out. He's like, right, I'm going to wear your jersey in Tennessee. <laughs> and Matt Ryan's like, oh, cheers. I'd rather be throwing you the ball, but whatever. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, we'll see what what he's like. I think preseason, they've already said that uh, they're going to try and bed him and AJ Brown in the offense together in preseason before the season starts. So it's going to be an exciting time to be a Titans fan. I think this is their Super Bowl window if, if they've got one. But, so it's going to be exciting. Uh, let's move on from Hilo Jones then. A couple of bits and more news. Let's start with the other jersey swap that I was interested in whilst we're on jerseys. So Jalen Ramsey is swapping from 20 to 5. It's going to be the most expensive jersey swap they think throughout the whole season because, uh, like we said before, unfortunately you have to buy up all the jersey stock um, that had your old number in, which is just crazy the NFL are making them do that. But they are. Uh, so it's going to be like over $5 million apparently just for... Oh, really? Yeah, for the jersey. That's the numbers being reported. Uh, and there's a bit of a squabble if it includes international jerseys as well. Um, so we'll see if that, that's the case. But it's over $5 million. Wearing number five, you think Ramsey's going to look cool wearing five out there? On yeah, the I, like, I like that number five. I liked him in 20, actually. Done, yeah, I like 20. I've done quite a few uh, Ramsey orders, and it looks good in the 20. So, But, yeah, I mean, I've, sti- I've got to stick to my guns on it. I do like the single digits. <laughs> I can't, can't start going back when everyone starts changing into the single digits but no i like ramsey as a player as well he suits a single digit yeah i think he's gonna look cool in that five i actually like the rams jerseys more than a lot of people do as well so i think it's gonna look quite cool out there to be honest do you not think if you're um if you change your number to a single digit for this season or whatever season you better play well yeah, he needs to be good, or else people are going to take the mick of him saying, oh, he needs to swap back to that 20. It's going to be like LeBron James. He's just swapped back to number six. So if the Lakers start winning, everyone's going to be talking about the swap from uh, 23 to six. So it'll probably happen the same with with, uh, with Ramsey the other way around. But, but yeah, I think it'll look good. The other one I was going to mention, we mentioned off-air on text a few times, um, whilst I was trying to buy some Chiefs stuff, is Tyron Matthew. Uh, funny enough, he said he was going to swap jerseys, but he's actually announced. He's actually said he's going to wait now till next year because he doesn't want to <laughs> spend any of his kids' future money on paying for other people's jerseys. Which I found quite cool that he was like, oh, "If I've got to pay, I'm not going to swap." So he's just going to stay 32. But apparently next year he's going to wear number 21. Uh, oh, really? Where, yeah, wherever he plays, he's going to wear number 21 because um, I can't remember his favorite player now. I should know this, but his favorite player uh, in the NFL wore 21. Um, at the end of his career and he won two defensive player of the years I should know the name but I'm just blanking right now uh, so apparently Tyron Matthews is going to try and follow in those footsteps um, where Deion Sanders no it's not Deion Sanders but it's someone of that level um, let me google it uh, in NFL history it's someone really obvious and it could make me look terrible for not knowing this but I'll tell you what you actually could be right it might be Deion Sanders that isn't the number. That, that isn't the player that I uh, remember him saying. By the way, I've got an article here that says that um, Zeke Elliott is the second best player to ever wear twenty-one, which I find. Oh, it's Charles Woodson. It was. Ah, so, Charles Woodson. Yeah, Charles Woodson is his, is his idol, um, and he swapped to number twenty-one. I think it's for the Packers uh, as he got older, and he won two defensive player of the years and got something like ten interceptions in three seasons wearing twenty-one. And Tyron Matthew basically says he's getting better as he gets older. So, whichever team he plays for that next year. 
Uh, apparently he's going to wear 21, so I find that interesting. But I'm very glad as someone who owns a Tyron Matthew Super Bowl 32 jersey that he hasn't swapped this year because <laughs> I was going to have to buy a brand new jersey after only owning the jersey for about six weeks. So, <laughs> so it would, wouldn't have been ideal. But yeah, there we go. That's uh, that's enough jersey chat. Let's move on. Uh, a couple other player I want to mention then, Aaron Rodgers, hasn't reported to uh, mandatory minicamp. So voluntary stuff was last month, um, which obviously in the name is voluntary, but now it's mandatory. He hasn't turned up. So the hundred thousand dollar fine starts and he gets fined pretty much every week all the way throughout. Now, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? Cause rumors are, he hasn't changed his mind. That he wants to leave, but there's also absolutely no strong rumors of anyone actually being able to trade for him. So what are your views on the Rogers situation? Yeah, it's, it's getting weirder, isn't it? Because I know I've seen the pro um, the president, was it Mark Murphy said it was yeah. divided the fan base and he's a, you know, complicated a, guy or something yeah he's a complicated guy and i mean that seems quite obvious from the outset that you don't need the ceo to say it that we all know that rogers is not just probably a straightforward guy is he but you know he's, he's also your franchise quarterback so that makes it worse doesn't it you think if he's already annoyed and then you basically not insult him but confirm that he might be <laughs> a bit of an oddball yeah, yeah. it seems yeah, strange I, I, I don't think it's going to get worked out. You think he's going to get traded then, do you? Or do you think he's going to retire? Yeah, but weird. Like you said, there's nothing happening. Who trades for a franchise quarterback? You know, June, July, August time. It's Everyone says Denver, but from the Packers, I had the chance to have the number nine pick. So I think if I go back on my word, don't trade him on draft night and wait all the way to August. Trade him for next year's first and they end up finishing top 10 and that the pick's number 21 for, for four years and it's four first round picks I just don't know if that's enough you know I want something back um, yeah definitely but Denver have got some good players you could ask for whoever back whoever you want you could ask for certain back as part of the deal or Bradley Chubb or not Bradley Chubb yeah Bradley Chubb or um, I don't know not going to ask for Von Miller at his stage but you could ask for some sort of star player maybe but in the betting, the favourites have been the Broncos, the Raiders, the whole time. So just to come over and annoy me in the AFC West. But I don't see the Raiders being able to do anything. Like, Who would you even want off the Raiders if you're the Packers? That just seems stupid. But yeah, maybe the Broncos. But I don't know, man. I, I, I think there's honestly a higher chance he, get, he retires than he gets traded, I think. Yeah, or would you? do you think he'd like have a, a retirement year? and then maybe come back next year. Because his skill level last season, it feels too high to just step away permanently. Yeah, I agree. For me, for me it's such a strange time now to... Because the, the deal's not going to get done this week, is it? We, you know, do you know what I mean? It's like going to drag on for the next few weeks, and then you're starting to add him in. And maybe, like you said, you've traded a couple of your better franchise players and it's all your whole teams in a mess and obviously if you're trading for Aaron Rodgers you want to go win the Super Bowl right yeah. that's what you're trading him for so it's I don't know I, I can't see him playing this season which is obviously a big shame yeah in terms of the odds so the Packers are the favourite from stay there then it goes Broncos and Raiders like I said and then it goes Saints Dolphins Panthers and I think the Dolphins are interesting to an extent but because they've still got obviously a good number of picks for the future which is, I guess, attractive. But again, I think, I don't know. Rumours are, if they ever do trade him, that they're just going to stick with uh, Jordan Love as their QB. So they're not going to want a QB back, but I think they're going to want a lot of other stuff back. And I'm not quite sure the Raiders, Panthers, Saints, 
can do much. So then it leaves Broncos and Dolphins, but Dolphins seem all behind Tua. So it's difficult, isn't it? I think the Raiders. Yes, I could see the Raiders giving up quite Everything. picks. <laughs> what six six picks? We'll give you Carr, so he can be your backup. We'll give you. Darren Wallace, we can be the Packers tight end or give up everything, probably. I could see something happening like that. Yeah, it's just about how good Rodgers could make you, isn't it, really? I mean, if you can trade all that and he can get you 11 wins and get you into the playoffs, Gruden and <laughs> Gruden. Mayo would probably be happy with that. I could actually see him at the Raiders. I can see him. I can picture him in the uniform. But you think he might retire for a year? Yeah, then, I, I just don't see him playing this year because he, he, he strikes me as an incredibly stubborn guy. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I was I was absolutely loving last week, you know, because obviously everything gets dissected at the mini camps, wasn't it? And then everything that Jordan Love does now yeah, is he's getting praised a lot, up, isn't it? Yeah, he was getting overly praised, I saw, where it's like, yeah, this seems a little bit desperate now, but yeah. He's definitely under the microscope more, isn't he, this year than he was last year? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I just think, I don't know, I think retiring or Packers for me, I haven't quite decided where I fit, but there's no signs to show that he's going to come back. But I still think that's more likely, if you know what I mean. Like, There's no actual evidence to show I should think that, but I just think that's what will happen. I think they'll offer him an absolute monster contract. Jordan Love basically will never play for the Packers because of when Les Rogers gets injured. And I think that financial benefit will save them. But again, he doesn't seem to be motivated by money. But I, I, I don't know. It's, it's a very difficult one. But if he retires, the only benefit for a year, the only benefit is you can see which teams have good or bad years, can't you? And then you can trade him before next year's draft. You know, if someone who's already got a quarterback has got, uh, hasn't got a quarterback has got the number like four pick. If you're the Packers, you could say, OK, give us number four, give us this, give us this. Do you know what I mean? And it'll make more sense for the Packers to do it that way yeah, as well. Yeah, so. We'll see. I think it's going to rumble on, and every time he makes an appearance in Hawaii, like he has, uh, and he starts singing, getting drunk, which I, with Miles Teller, which is a very random uh, combination, by the way. Uh, I think that the whole of Twitter is just going to overanalyze it, so that that should be fun. Uh, and there's the added thing of Deshaun Watson as well. Like, if you want a quarterback, there's two sitting out there. Depending on how much you think about Watson's personality nowadays, uh, I guarantee uh, Watson will cost half as late, half as many picks as Aaron Rodgers will at the moment. So. Whether teams prefer him over Rodgers, it's, it's just going to be a crazy uh, couple of months, I think. But we'll see. We'll see. He could be retired and hosting Jeopardy. We'll see. Uh, cool. And the last bit of news then was just uh, a little bit of positive news. Um, a lot of the COVID rules have been reduced across the NFL, especially if you've been vaccinated, which a lot of people have, um, which is great to see. And most of the teams, I think there's only three teams left to confirm, but I think they're due to confirm, they're going to have full stadiums in 2021 season. So, just some good news to kind of end that topic on. Um, it's just great to see, mate, isn't it, that everything's yeah, slowly nice. getting back. Yeah, it's nice because if you've been, if anyone's been watching the NBA playoffs, seeing the crowds there has been absolutely immense, hasn't it? Yeah, as a Mavs fan, I have seen the NBA playoffs and I have cried about the NBA playoffs, <laughs> unfortunately. So, but yeah, it has been good to see fans getting back. I think LA, the Clippers in, in what, will it, what will it be? Game six, they're going to have nearly a full full uh, stadium and they're the only uh, kind of area of the country that aren't having full fans back so once they've done it it, it kind of gives the light for all the uh, NFL teams in California to do it as well so it, it seems to be all good news uh, even though we've seen many players which I won't get into on the pod but speaking very weirdly about vaccinations there was a famous quote I can't remember it was by, was it, was it by a Broncos player 
that um, they've had medical experts come into the <laughs> to speak to them, but he's going to do his own research and work out uh, if he should take a vaccine rather than trust the doctors. And I was yeah, there like, um, sweat from Washington. Uh, Moncha sweat had a weird comment as well. Yeah, I think, uh, I think I think we get so used to the kind of vaccine coverage over here. Yeah, the discussion about it that when Americans start speaking about it, they have a, I mean, they have a, their approval rating for that's just completely different as well, isn't it? So, but, yes. but back on the stadiums, did you see yesterday that Wembley is allowing 40%, I think it is, for the Euro 2020 final? So that's middle that. of July. So that's good sign getting up for the NFL. Well, I'm hoping to be there uh, with, with an England shirt on. That's the uh, that's the goal. So we shall see. But yeah, that that would indicate that uh, October time we we could hope for even more fans for the uh, London games, which is a good Absolutely. thing. Absolutely, that's see. kind of bubbling under at the moment, isn't it? Not heard anything and, until uh, since it was announced, really. Yeah, no, I think they're going to wait, aren't they? Because uh, our government, for any people that aren't English who listen to this, our government aren't the greatest to stick to their words, so you never know what's going to quite happen. So I'm sure the NFL are just going to wait as long as possible to uh, to see what happens. But the more vaccines we get over here, the more likely we're going to have 100% fans. So fingers crossed. Uh, and by the way, that Manchester Sweat quote was, uh, he said, I probably won't get vaccinated until I get more facts. Uh, this is after speaking to the doctors. But I'm not a fan of it all. I haven't caught COVID yet. Um, don't see me treating COVID until I get COVID, <laughs> which is the opposite of what a vaccine is supposed to be. So, yeah, that's just a view of, of one person, obviously. But it does seem there are the odd team. Uh, I know as a Chiefs fan, the Chiefs have had the most vaccinated players and their reporters were reporting that there's many AFC teams. They can't name them because obviously it's, it's uh, medical stuff. They're not allowed to obviously give any names out. But there's three AFC teams that have had less than 20 players vaccinated now, which... That seems strange to me. That yeah, really? um, yeah, that's that's the rumor. Yeah, there's three AFC teams with less than 20 people vaccinated, and the Chiefs have got 82, I believe. So it's just a, a strange thing that's going on in the league. But we'll see. Hopefully that'll iron itself out because um, they're not going to do any masks if you're vaccinated, are they? You get to kind of be as close as you want inside training facilities, which will help. Um, the physios don't have to wear PPE if if you're vaccinated. So I think it just it'll help everyone on their day to day lives. So. Hopefully those players get the info they, they need to, to make the best decision. But we'll see. We'll see. I personally haven't had mine yet. I'm too young, Patrick. I'm not sure about you. I've not actually had it yet. I've got it booked, but I've not uh, had it. So you'll be allowed into Wembley in October, then, hopefully, with your vaccine. <laughs> if, I've, if I've won my fight on Ticketmaster. <laughs> oh, God. We can't, that's a whole other segment, Ticketmaster. I can't wait uh, for that one. Yeah, no. That's gonna, Twitter's going to blow up when it comes around. But... But yeah, let's move on then. So that's all the news we kind of had. Um, like I said, next week we're going to start division previews. Um, so that should be interesting. But in the episodes we're kind of quite good for time on, we're going to end every episode with the top five. So hit us up at, at GoFor2Pod on Twitter if there's any top fives you want to hear us discuss. We're going to start with the most obvious and kind of straightforward topic when you talk about NFL teams. We're going to go with our top five quarterbacks currently in the NFL. So that's not all time, that's currently. Uh, why don't we start in reverse order for a bit of suspension? Uh, suspense, sorry. Why don't you give us number five, Patrick, on your list? So, I'm going five, and I'm going a guy that might not even play this season. I'm going to Sean Watson. Yeah, one of the better ones. Great season I mean, last year. I mean, he, was, he was absolutely sensational last season, and probably no one even ever saw it. 
but he was so good for one of the worst teams in football. Yeah, he's he, shame whatever's going to go on around him. He's probably not going to see the field this season. So, yeah, I'll be shocked if he plays this year. To to yeah. be honest, but um, yeah, it's quite a weird one because everyone says, "Oh, all you need is a franchise QB and you're getting to the playoffs." And he arguably was the third or fourth best quarterback last year, but they were so bad <laughs> that they had what was it like three wins? Was it two wins? Something ridiculous like that. But his play was incredible, so, and that's a good shout. And number five, I was kind of deciding between two players on my list. I went with the old statesman of the group. I went with Tom Brady uh, at number five. Um, obviously, you'll see the rest of the list as we go, but yeah, not athletic as athletic as the rest of the list, but obviously reading defense is incredible. Arguably last year had one of his best seasons ever. His numbers after like November were incredible for throwing the ball down the field, so maybe he's getting even better in his old age. We'll, we'll have to see how next season goes. But yeah, I, I couldn't leave him out of my top five. So I put him just at five. Uh, and spoiler, Josh Allen was the one I was debating with. Um, and Josh Allen obviously didn't get in. So yeah, Tom Brady at five for me. That leads me on to my number four. Just get out of the way quickly. I chose Deshaun Watson at four. I uh, just thought, completely taking off-field stuff out of it. So if I include off-field, he's going to be like number... 99 because it seems like he's not the greatest human being in the world but on the field he's very very good last season was his best season by far and he was throwing to some really average wide receivers and some bad bad tight ends so i think that he's an exceptional player like you said so i had him at four on mine you had him at five at yours but uh moving on who's your number four well i have my number four is your number five <laughs> <Just> swapped them <laughs> around yeah i mean just astonishing for his age, right? It pains right. me a little bit to put him in because I'm going to guess that you've not put Lamar Jackson in. You know how much I love Lamar, so Lamar would probably be my number six. But Yeah, know. I can't have a QB in my top five who can't throw the ball, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but I do know you love... I think a theme we haven't... Obviously, unfortunately, we started this podcast in off-season, so we haven't actually had any episodes where there's been games on. Uh, I think our opinions of Lamar Jackson throughout the year is going to be one of the comical uh, differences on the show because uh, I'm not quite as high on him as you. But he's got some receivers now, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I think he was, I'll see, what, two years ago, MVP as well. Um, so I'm sure he'd be wanting a bounce-back season. We need to be included in these top five lists going forward. Especially my list, he'll be absolutely fuming to not be outside the top five. And uh, you're going to get a DM from uh, <laughs> Lamar Jackson later. Uh, but yeah, good shout there with Brady. Um, he's also featuring in the match as well, again, by the way, which I think is going to be quite funny. I can't remember who he's against. Isn't it Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, it's Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny, by the way, because surely the Green Bay stuff's going to come up when they're giving each other a bit of banter going around the course. Uh, and Tom Brady will probably win that, like he seems to win everything, unfortunately for me. Uh, but let's move on to number three then. See if we've got. Well, I imagine we've got this top three the same, but I'm not sure what order. So give me your number three. I was really. It took me a while to get in because there's a few of the younger guys that I really love, but I've kind of gone a little bit more older. I've, I've played it safe, which is not really like me. I've gone uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah, same as me there. Same as me. Same. I yes. was. I kind of. I did want um, obviously Josh Allen in there, but I just if I was picking a QB just for one season, I would pick Russell Wilson over Josh Allen, just because. And then he, he kind of um, he had a bad end to the season, didn't he? Really, but 
Yeah, the whole team did, didn't they? Russell Wilson, he can still make things happen. Yeah, start of the season, he was his numbers were absolutely incredible. Uh, him and Dak Prescott in the first like, few four or five weeks were just unbelievable. Uh, but then, like you said, at the end of the season, it kind of tapered off, and, and didn't it? And their, their offense kind of seemed to be one-yard runs or 50-yard bombs. There was no kind of in-between. Uh, and that is a bit of a Pete Carroll issue, I think. So hopefully they can fix that for this year because I think you need to let Russ throw the ball downfield, yeah, but I also think you need to let him throw the ball kind of short-term and medium-term because... I don't think let, making him throw 50-yard bombs every time is a very effective way for him to have a successful long season, especially with an extra game. So hopefully they saw that out. But yeah, his legs are unbelievable. The amount of times he comes back and wins games are crazy. And him and DK Metcalf seem to have a good link, don't they, together? So Yeah, they do, yeah. And he's now come out, by the way, and said that... this. I think this is rubbish, personally, but Wilson's come out and said that he didn't actually ever want to leave Seattle this off-season and he never wanted to go to Vegas and all this stuff. Well, I think that's just a bit kind of false now that he's clearly going to stay but he seems to say that he's happy there for the long term so we'll see but I think Seattle need a good year this year don't they to, to keep him for the future yeah they do yeah because they've kind of been treading water haven't they kind of towards the towards the bottom of the top of the yeah. sort of thing so they're always in the playoffs aren't they but they're not much more <laughs> yeah. fortunately for them uh, that leads us on to number one and two then um it's going to be obvious for me. So why don't we get your number two before we get my number two? Oh, it's, it's obviously not a guy that, well, I've just predicted he won't play this season. <laughs> Mr. Rogers. Yeah, it'd be such it's a shame, isn't it? Crime. It's going to be an absolute crime if Rogers doesn't play football this season after the season he had last year. Well, if you'd have said, if I'd have, obviously we didn't know each other then, but if four years ago I would have said to you, uh, in four years' time, Andrew Luck and Aaron Rodgers both retire. You'd have been like, yeah, all right, no, no chance. But that's a sad state of affairs that we could be in this year. I'm hoping he doesn't because last season he was incredible, wasn't he? But Yeah, he was. It's just weird to have a top five list of this. and Maybe if it was Brady and he was retiring at 45, you'd be like, okay, that's fine, I understand. But for any other player to be this high up in his profession and then to not play, it's almost like, it's almost like Michael Jordan part two, isn't it? When he went off to play baseball, that he's just fed up with the, the balls and wanted to break. And it's almost like Rogers could do the same thing. But I'd absolutely love if Rogers went to play something else and he was absolutely crap. He well, like back. goalkeeper for uh, the football <laughs> team over there. He's yeah, long... yeah. Something into Miami or something. <laughs> or darts. He might be a dart, <laughs> darts fan. Maybe him and Miles Teller can get a uh, celebrity darts league going. We'll see. Or he could just be a golfer. If he wins the match, uh, I think he's he's on isn't he on Bryson DeChambeau's team as well? Which are, yeah, but yeah. Those two are that's two interesting characters to uh, <laughs> to put together. But maybe he'll, he'll do so well at golf that Bryson takes him under his wing and turns him into a golfer. We'll see. But yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. I think arguably his second best season ever. Maybe last year, you think? Yeah, yeah, you'd say. I mean, he was up there, wasn't it? Definitely top three, isn't it? Just the way yeah. he was just dissecting all the defense was just a joy to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. And they underachieved in the end. So if he comes back, I'm sure they'll be good again. Uh, that leads us, uh, my number two is Rogers as well, obviously. Um, kind of didn't need to say that with who's going to be number one. Uh, so number one, we've both got Mahomes, unless you've put Jackson there just to annoy me and got Mahomes out of the list just as a late shocker. No, I, I was tempted by Carson Wentz, but... <laughs> no, you just signed Nick Mullins, haven't you? Uh, the yeah, Eagles, yeah, so. Mullins, he's the QB3. Slash two, slash one. Who knows what's going to happen? 
QB1. But yeah, funny enough, Nick Mullins is the, uh, this is how good Kyle Shanahan is. Something like in the first 50 career starts, um, it's something like yards and um, I can't remember the other stat now, but basically Mahomes is the greatest ever in 50 starts at this stat. And number two is Nick Mullins because he's played 50 games now or whatever, or 30 starts, whatever it is, because of all the injuries. Uh, and you just read this list and like number three, I think was Rogers or, or Watson. Number four was Rogers or Watson. And number five was something, uh, I can't remember who it was now. It wasn't Big Ben, but it was someone from, from like 10 years ago. Uh, and then you look at it and Nick Mullins is on the list and you're just like, oh yeah, great. That's how good Kyle Shanahan is. But anyway, less of uh, Nick Mullins on to, to Mahomes. Uh, how much further ahead of Rogers is he for you in general as a player, or did you find it quite hard to choose? No, I, I didn't. I didn't find it hard. I do think he's the clear number one, but I don't think he's like light years ahead of Rogers. Do you know what I mean? Where you couldn't even have a debate. I'd be quite happy to listen to some experts tell me why they pick Rogers over Mahomes, but for me, it's just a no-brainer of the age combined with skill level. Yeah, you you just can't you just can't pick against that. Are they in their own tier as a two then, like above Wilson? And uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't think I think um, from three on down. To be fair, you could have any number of people get into that list this season. Obviously, yeah. Allen and Kyler Murray as well. If he's gonna, can he take a step up? That'd be interesting. Obviously, then you got Justin Herbert. I mean, you're in his second season. So. Trevor Lawrence as well. Yeah, Trevor and Joe Burrow. Yeah, it's in a good place. But yeah, I agree. I think I'm biased, so I think Mahomes is in his own stratosphere. But those two for me are way above number three and four. Uh, and then I think you're right. I think between three and probably six or seven, it's all quite even, uh, depending on how you look at football and if you think about age and running the ball and stuff like that. But yeah, I think Mahomes is definitely a clear number one for most people. Uh, he's still quite well loved as well across kind of football community but I do wonder when we're going to get to that point where people who don't support the Chiefs are going to be like oh, I just hate Mahomes now <laughs> it's all about Mahomes you know that's kind of what happened with Brady all those years ago wasn't it yeah he doesn't have he does have a nice kind of nice guy of personality as well though doesn't he yeah he does yeah he's not he's not easy to hate yet but if no. they keep doing well it depends who you support as well imagine if you're an AFC fan just say the Chiefs win the AFC this year, regardless of what happens in the Super Bowl. Just say they win the AFC again. That's four years in a row. If you're an AFC fan, you might just hate him due to just, just due to like winning, I guess. You know, similar to the Patriots for all them years, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. But yeah, and then he has a really annoying brother, doesn't he? Apparently, he's a really <laughs> annoying on TikTok. I, I've not seen a lot of him, so it's <laughs> yeah. People don't like his brother. I would give you that. I don't mind him, but uh, he gets a lot of stick in the American American press, for sure. Uh, they're opposite personalities, I'll say that. Patrick Mahomes is quite quiet and relaxed, isn't he? His, yeah. bro- his brother is uh, the opposite of that. A lot of people don't like his missus either. Um, yeah, I don't really get that, to be honest. She seems like a, just a nice woman. Just supports, yeah, just supports him all the time, yeah. We'll get some stick now. Her husband just happens to be Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> the best quarterback in the world. Yeah, with the the five hundred million dollar deal, and he owns his own baseball team as well now. Well, part owns his own baseball team. Yeah, and he's friends with Luka Doncic now, which uh, just makes me incredibly happy as a uh, chief of smack. Yeah, Patrick went to watch him play uh, three times in the playoffs, and they were like hugging after the games and stuff. 
Unfortunately, the Mavs won all three games that Patrick Mahomes went to, so I wish he would uh, go to more games <laughs> in the playoffs. I wish he went to Game 7. <laughs> yeah, I know, tell me. Yeah, I really wish he'd gone to Game 7, but fortunately not. Uh, but yeah, that wraps up our, our top five there. Uh, let us know your top fives over on Twitter. See if you agree with us. See if we can find some people that hate Mahomes. I'll have to do my best to not argue back with them on a uh, group Twitter page. Uh, but yeah, any other ideas you've got for top fives, um, let us know. We'll, we'll go through and do some. some point, I'm going to get Patrick to do his top five Eagles, but but not not quite today. We'll let you have it. All time or current time yeah we'll let you have a couple of weeks to think about that we'll see we'll see if Carson Wentz is number one or number two <laughs> with Mick Foles being up there so we'll see but yeah like I said next week we'll come back um we're probably going to start off I don't know we might start off with the NFC East um just uh, to get Patrick in the mood for the season we'll see how it goes uh, and then we'll do one episode a week with the previews and then we'll basically be two weeks out from the season um, and raring to go. So, yeah, should be good. But remember to go follow us at Go4Two-Pod. Go follow Patrick at, at MuggsNFL. Uh, and we'll be back next week. Yeah, I'll speak to you soon, guys.